Good morning. It's good to see all of you here. I have a few announcements before we begin our worship. First of all, if you haven't uh, noticed, the newsletter's out, and it is f- so full, we almost needed to turn it into a booklet. So if you didn't pick up a newsletter or read it online, you need to. There's lots of good stuff in there, information and things coming up. Also, a reminder that today the Foundation Sunday School class is wants to invite visitors and other Sunday School classes to join us for Lenten Bible study, which is going to be held here uh, beginning at 10.05 every Sunday up through Holy Week. Uh, course materials can be found at, uh, online at our webpage, GreerChurch.com. The teacher is Bobby McQuaid, who is new to our class. And uh, Bob and Bobby are getting ready to join the church. They're going to join the church uh, next Sunday. She's an experienced Sunday school teacher. They've both played leadership roles and tour groups to visit the Holy Land. They've just returned from another one of those trips. Anyway, she's going to be teaching, and as um, my announcement says, she makes the scenes of the Bible come alive, and I'm sure she does. And uh, so, so if you're a Sunday school class, this is the routine. You're to go to your Sunday school class for prayer list and business, and by 10.05, come down here uh, for this uh, class, bring your own Bible. Now, those, those of you here today at 9 o'clock service, for the next few weeks, they want you to leave the first six rows, the lectern, intact, okay? So... You usually pick your chairs up and go. First six rows, why don't you leave them intact? Leave them here. Don't take them when you get up. All right. Is that clear? Is that clear enough? Everybody? Okay. Uh, the other thing I want you to remind you of is uh, of, um, that there is the annual conference this year. Our, our conference-wide mission emphasis is to collect a million books, preschool and elementary school-age books, to be distributed to schools and our school systems around the state. And so between now and annual conference, which is first week in June, we're asking uh, you to bring a book and uh, we'll have a place for you to deposit them. Um, We haven't figured out, we haven't got that far yet, but we will, we'll have a place for you to deposit them. And so if you wanna be part of this conference-wide goal, as our bishop likes to dream big He's, he has God-sized dreams, and he wants us to collect a million books. Now, I did some rough math, and I think that means a thousand books per church, because there's about a thousand churches. So we'll, I think. So we'll we hope we we probably can do it here. I'm not sure some of these are. Anyway, we want to try our best to meet that mission goal. It's a worthy goal, and they'll be distributed. My understanding is to the schools in need across the state. So that might be a school here too that would get some. Reminder for the confirmands at 4.30, we'll start in the social hall. Reminder that this uh, week, uh, Wednesday, is Ash Wednesday service in the sanctuary. The family supper is moved to next Wednesday night, not this coming Wednesday night. Also a reminder that uh, there is still some veterans books that were produced a few years ago that they've discovered when they were cleaning up a room up in the old education building. And are there any of those back there? There are some back here? Okay, 
on the table back there. If you never got one or if you would are interested in getting one, it's, it details all the veterans that served in our church up to that point in time when that was published. Um, please feel free to get some, take one, even if you've had one before, maybe you can take one to somebody you know or in your family didn't have one. All right, prayer cards. Prayer cards distribute, if you've got any prayer cards, prayer requests. All right. Have a lot, sorry to have so many announcements. Make sure I haven't missed any. Okay, I think we, we're good to go. Stand Will you stand? Up. Join us. Holy, 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 
your voices up. Holy, holy are you, Lord Almighty. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we lift you up this morning. And we just thank you for the opportunity to get to do that, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come together as a body of believers and to lift you high among everything else. Lord, strip away all the burdens. Strip away all of our worries and all of our needs and help us to focus on you. Not only this hour, but every day, Lord. It's so hard because so many things get in the way, but we know that you take care of us and that you hold us in the palm of your hand. Thank you for that. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, he is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so.
turn and greet your neighbor. Tell them good morning. And children, please join Miss Janie on the carpet. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about something called the transfiguration of Christ. I know that's a big word. How many of you have ever heard that word, transfiguration? Okay. Well, we're going to say it together first, okay? Repeat after me. Transfiguration. And that means that Jesus is, un is going to undergo a change, and then he's going to change back. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But first I want to ask you, how many of you watch the Olympics? Everybody, I bet. Lots of people watch the Olympics. Wasn't it exciting to see all the athletes who had worked so hard and trained so hard? They all went to Russia, and they did all those exciting things like skiing, and um, snowboarding, bobsledding. Skeleton. Yeah. The skeleton, yeah, yeah. Those were all fun, weren't they? And did you notice how excited everybody was? Everybody in the crowd and all the athletes, and I bet you were excited at home too to see who was gonna win, right? Um, do you think that all those athletes and all the people that were there wanted the, athlete, uh, the Olympics to come to an end? I bet they could have just stayed there for a long time and watched them, don't you? They were probably kind of sad. I was sad when it went off, right, Kevin? <laughs> well, have you ever had an experience in your life that was so wonderful, so neat, that you didn't want it to end? Can you think of an example? What? What kind of an example? When we went to Disney World. Disney World, that's a good example. Disney and Christmas. Disney and Christmas. A dream? You had a dream that was so good? That's a good idea, yeah. Well, those are all very exciting things that happen, and, and maybe we're having so much fun or we're enjoying it so much we don't want it to end. Well, the disciples, Jesus' disciples, had a wonderful and magnificent experience that happened to them, and it was so wonderful that they were sad when it came to an end. And that's our story today of an unforgettable experience on the mountaintop with Jesus. And the story comes from the book of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. The story begins when Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and his brother John, he took them up onto the mountain to pray. And as Jesus was praying, something happened. It was an amazing thing. The Bible says that the appearance of his face changed. It began to shine like the sun. It was so bright. And his clothes became as white as light. Now that would be an exciting experience, wouldn't it, if you saw that? And then the voice of God said, This is my son. I love him and I'm pleased with him. Listen to what he has to say. Can you imagine 
that would be more exciting than Disney World or any other experience, wouldn't it? So this, this showed, this um, transformation showed um, that the, showed the disciples the true glory of Jesus and God's voice showed his approval of his son. And Peter didn't want this wonderful experience to end, but it had to end so that other things could happen. And the wonderful thing that would happen... It would be still going on. It'd be still going on, that's right. But the wonderful thing that happened after this was something that's coming up in, in the not-too-distant future. We're going to celebrate Easter. And that's when Jesus was crucified, dead, and, and buried, and then he rose again. So God sends lots of happy experiences in our lives, right? But the experience each one of us has when we choose to follow Jesus and make him the most important thing in our lives will be the most wonderful experience that we have on earth. So let's pray together. Y'all say it with me, okay? Dear Lord, Dear Lord we, thank you we thank you for all the joyful experiences, all the joyful experiences. you send our way. Help us every day to joyfully serve and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O oh God, you are awesome. You have revealed yourself to us in so many ways, and you've called us your children and adopted us. And we come this day to offer our praise, our thanksgiving, and our petitions. We are reminded this day, O oh Lord, before we come before you, that we must confess our many sins. We know that you have shown us the right way to go, and yet we still draw away and follow our own interpretations. Although your call to us is very clear, we try to avoid the hard task to those that we meet. For our selfishness and neglect, forgive us, O Lord. And just as you sent the Holy Spirit, sent it afresh to us, give, give us wisdom and power to see your face and share it with the world, to show the mercy that you have shown us. And so we come this day, Lord, rejoicing as a gathered community in your presence. And we are called to mind this day of those who may not have cause for rejoicing. And we pray especially this day for Ann, who is battling cancer. We pray for Nell, who is battling cancer. 
We pray for Jamie, who's undergoing tests for breathing problems. We pray for those who are unemployed and need jobs. We pray for all those within our family of friends who may need help with their body or mind or spirit. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you'd wipe away their tears and restore them to good health and do what is best in their life and ours. And help us to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things. For we pray as once taught by Christ Jesus himself, as we pray those prayers that he told us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Janie uh, told you a little bit about the passage. I'm going to read it to you again. She almost read the whole passage for me, and I appreciate it if y'all are listening. This is from Matthew 17. Today is what's called Transfiguration of the Lord Sunday. This is the midpoint of Jesus' journey uh, from the Galilee to Jerusalem for his final uh, destination with the cross. And uh, when, on halfway there, he goes up to the mountain to pray. And he takes Peter, James, and John, three of the disciples with him. And here's where I'll read what it says. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah. Now why that's important is Moses and Elijah were long dead, generations prior to this event. So there... Those three disciples witnessed two people who come from heaven to be with Jesus and Jesus being uh, transfigured before them with his heavenly glory. And Peter, and I know this I always thought it sounded strange, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. And if you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You see, they used to, they would, it's like a shrine. We're going to establish a shrine because what's just happened here is unbelievable, and we're going to establish a shrine. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, you probably have heard those words before, after he was baptized. But there's an additional sentence here that was not said by God when Jesus was baptized and began his ministry. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. We just talked, you remember, about a week or so ago about how the disciples got terrified. It seemed to me at the, in the wrong time frame. They got terrified after Jesus had calmed everything down. 
And here we have the same thing. You know, they didn't act so terrified, according to Scripture, when they wanted to build shelters. But now they've heard the voice of God, they're terrified. Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. That refrain is repeated all through the Scriptures. Do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one now except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them. Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Clear statement by our Lord about what's going to happen. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your presence with us through the power of the Holy Spirit this day. And help us to consider uh, as we begin this journey uh, with Ash Wednesday and all through Lent to Holy Week. Help us to understand how the journey with you is crucial to our journey here and now. We pray in your name. Amen. What I wanted you to do today is try to just for a moment, don't think about that we're in a gymnasium, okay? Uh, and just, just think about the fact that this is a place of wonder. This is a place of wonder. Whether you're in a gymnasium or a sanctuary or whether you're gathered in a, under a picnic shelter in the name of the Lord, whether you're gathered in a field, consider for the moment that the gathered people of God, the church, the church is a dwelling place of wonder. Consider for a moment that there's no other place in the world except the gathered church that claims to have received the very presence of God as found in Jesus Christ. Remember for a moment, if you will, that this news has been successfully and faithfully handed down throughout all the generations up to this point. You are here a product of that faithful sharing of that wonderment. Consider for a moment that there is no place on earth where this message is consistently proclaimed, consistently responded to, and no place in the world except the church where people expect to hear from God and experience the grace of God. Consider for a moment that there is no ritual in the world that claims the real presence of Christ as does the sacrament of Holy Communion. So when we say that the church is the dwelling place of wonder, we are saying an essential thing. We are saying that there is a living faith found here when people gather in the name of God. It is a faith that sets each other on fire, if you will, of the Holy Spirit, and can set people on fire. This is a dwelling place of wonder. And not only that, but it's the dwelling place of Christ. One of the scriptures in the Bible says this, when God raised Jesus from the dead, He put all things under Him. The Lord God has given Jesus the Lord, Lordship of all things. Made Him head of all things for the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And then, there's a comma, and it says... <coughs> which is his body, the fullness of him. Think about that. 
You are the body of Christ, the fullness of Him on earth now. You are His body at present on earth now. His body is in heaven. His body is on earth through you. You are the fullness of the Lord. You're the ways, the means, the eyes, the ears, the hands, the feet of Christ's body today, now. That should make you think. That should create a certain amount of awe in you. You are, all of you, together, create the body of Christ. All believers throughout the world create the body of Christ on earth. And that body has the Spirit residing with it. And that body that has that Spirit has the same attributes that that Spirit has. It has divine power. It has resurrection power. It has ascension power. It has dominion power. Your body is enlivened. Your breath is the breath of the Spirit. Your body is enlivened by God, enabling you to be the body of Christ here and now on earth. One of the reasons that we feel that communion, and one of the reasons that I have communion every four to six weeks in one of the services, and we're having communion at 11 o'clock at the later service today. Communion, we feel, connects us closer to God. Communion renews us, it strengthens us, and it deepens our incorporation into the body of Christ. It identifies us with the heart of Christ. It sustains our pilgrimage of, in this life. It nourishes the church as a body. It makes us long for eternal life. And it unites us with the church triumphant in heaven as part of the communion of saints, which is recited in the Apostles' Creed. You are never more closer to a loved one in Christ than you are when you commune at the Lord's table in communion. Those who are at rest with the Lord participate with you in the communion of saints through the Holy Spirit. That's why we feel that this is such an important part of our worship. Friends, this is a place of wonder. This is a place that Christ has said He resides. He resides here through you, through the sacraments, through the church. You know, our ancestors in faith, I think, understood this in a more profound way than we do. Uh, we tend to not see this space or any space that we gather into as sacred. And yet it is. It is sacred ground when we're gathered with the Holy Spirit for worship. It's sacred ground. When we've dispersed from this place, it becomes secular ground again. It becomes maybe a place for fellowship or a basketball game. But we know that the early believers, they not only knew the story, they lived the story. 
And if they hadn't lived the story, we wouldn't be here today. They knew that Jesus was once a baby. They knew that he once was held by his mother. And they knew that that was what it once was, but not now. They knew that Jesus was blessed those whom his hands touched, but they know that he's no longer limited by time or space. They knew that Jesus may have died in shame, but not now. He has ascended to glory. The church is a dwelling place of wonder. And I think that we should recapture that. Uh, we should be enlivened to come here. I will hope that some of you will take a moment to look in the newsletter. Uh, either I think you won't probably, I don't know if this was online or not, but the, 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 the piece that was written by Bob McQuaid about going to the Western Wall, the foundation of the temple in Jerusalem, as on Sabbath and joining the devout Jews as they rushed with great anticipation to come and to worship as Sabbath was beginning, to be present to God at the wall of the temple. They know that there's a sense of wonder about that place. And even though they can only go to the foundation wall and are no longer allowed to go to the temple mount and the temple no longer exists. It's a place of wonder. To a secular eye, it might just seem like a wall of stones stacked upon each other. To a secular eye, this might just seem like a gem. But it's a place of wonder. You see, it's a place that will tell you about the story of the transfiguration. An example, a clear example that people live beyond death when Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus to strengthen him, to encourage him as he makes that final journey to Jerusalem to conquer sin and death. John Wesley used to say that it was like Living under the Lordship of Christ is like sitting in a heavenly place with Jesus now. And so when we come into this place of wonder, when we hear the Scriptures read and we sing our praises and we pray, we are sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit. God has called us the body of Christ on earth. We must always see through Christ's eyes. We must speak with the voice of Christ. We must heal with the hands of Christ. We need to raise awareness of the place of wonder in the world today, which is Christ's church. Whether it gathers in a sanctuary or a gym, whether it gathers in a field, or if it gathers in a Bible study group in someone's home, it is the church, and it's the place of wonder. The Lord Jesus came to give joy. Joy to those who are sad. Joy to those who mourn. The Lord Jesus came to make this old world that was ravaged by sin and broken, this creation that is broken, to make that old world young again. 
the Lord came to work the ancient miracle of redemption. Redemption and healing. That is what we're doing here. It's something that is awesome, awe-inspiring, and a great wonder. Let us ponder this. Let us ponder this place of wonder. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. Let us stand and join together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we return back our gifts to God.
Will you stand?
receive now the blessings of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great week.